Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for August 27th, 2020. We are starting the day off with the word of God. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. I want you to know that no matter where you are, no matter right now in this moment, if you feel like you're in a bad situation or a good situation, either way, greater is coming for you. I've been teaching this series uh, for a few weeks now. This is part 13. And the title of today's message is Believe in Yourself. Now, let me be clear about something. I am not a motivational speaker, right? So I'm not a, mo- I'm a man of God. So I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not preaching or teaching about the power of you, the power of within, the power of me. No, to be clear, without God, we can do nothing. So when I say believe in yourself, what I mean is to be very clear, believe in the God in you. Believe in the grace of God that's on your life. So I'm not this person. I'm not one of these motivational speakers that are not, you know, preachers that are just saying, hey, you can do it. You can make it. No, to be clear, you can do nothing. Jesus said, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. I didn't come down here to do whatever I want. I only came down here to do what he wants. So I'm saying, Jesus said, I only say those things I hear my Father say. I only do those things I see my Father do. So when I say believe in yourself, to be absolutely clear, crystal clear. I'm saying believe in the God in you, right? So the God is on you and in you and with you and for you. Believe in that. Got it? All right. So now I can get into it. So uh, I've been dealing with 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 32 to 37 and the Holy Spirit won't let me leave. Like it won't let me keep going. So once again, let's go back to that part of the story. Both armies are mustered, you know, on the opposite sides of the Valley of Elah and Goliath is coming out twice a day for 40 days, talking smack. And, and Saul and the whole Israeli army, they're paralyzed and, and they, they do nothing basically for 40 days. And David is running an errand for his father and he gets out there and he heard something. He heard what the giant said. He saw what the giant looked like, but he didn't hear it with the same set of ears. He didn't see it with the same set of eyes. He heard what Goliath said through the filter of faith. He saw what Goliath looked like through the lens of faith. He saw it from God's point of view. And see, when you look at things from God's point of view, you're going to see things that other people miss. And so David was empowered, emboldened. He goes up to the king and says, listen, Mr. King. Uh, uh, He was like, hey, what's up, little heart player? He was like, listen, I don't want you to be, you know, afraid. I heard that you've been here for 40 days. This is ridiculous. You don't need to do all that. He said, Mr. King, don't give up hope. I'm here. David is here and I am ready to fight this uncircumcised Philistine to which Saul was like, oh my God. He was like, listen, come here. Come here, little boy. You don't don't even understand. He said, you can't go fight this Philistine. You are too young and you're too inexperienced. This man has been fighting since longer than you've been born. I mean, longer than you've been alive. He's been fighting from since before you were born. And David was not moved, unfazed by 
Saul's lack of confidence in him, David believed in himself. But once again, the hand of God on his life. And David said, okay, listen, Mr. King, let me explain something. He's like, what's up? Now, what you don't know about me, you know that I'm a shepherd, right? He was like, yeah, I know that. But what you don't know about me, that when I was out there tending to my father's sheep, one time a lion came and he grabbed one of the sheep. And I went out there and I grabbed the lion. <laughs> and I twisted his neck and I, I killed the lion with my bare hands. Another time a bear came. And the bear grabbed one of the sheep. And so I grabbed the bear. And I killed the bear with my bare hands. So listen, I, I hear this giant coming out here talking smack. And he's taunting the armies of the living God. But I want you to know, Mr. King, that I'm going to kill this giant. Now, the same God, this is where you're not believing in yourself, like your power, you're believing in the God in you. He said, listen, to be clear, the same God who delivered me from the from the mouth of the lion, the same God who delivered me from the claws of the bear, that same God is going to deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hands. I'm going to kill this joker right now in front of all of y'all. And, and, and King Saul was like, okay, snap. Oh, well, forget it then. If you're that confident, go and the Lord be with you. So what does this mean to you today? I'm talking about believing in yourself. Once again, believing in the God in you. You got to have that type of confidence. You ready? I have three things to share with you in this morning. Now I'm about to get started. I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is saying. Three things. Number one, here we go. You must believe in yourself, meaning what God has placed in you, even when others do not, right? There will be many, many times, believe me, there will be many occasions where others don't have any confidence in you. <laughs> uh, 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 and so I, I can tell many stories about this, but you have to believe in yourself and believe that God is with you. Saul was straightforward. He was candid. Like he was blunt. He, he told David, listen, son, you cannot fight Goliath and win. Saul thought that David was too young. Goliath was a grown man. Saul thought that David was too experienced and Goliath was a war-tested soldier. Saul had no confidence in David. None. Zero. No confidence in David's ability to fight Goliath and win. But thankfully, David did not base his opinion of himself <laughs> on Saul's opinion of him, right? And so you got to get to the point where you believe what God believes about you, where you look in the mirror and you see Jesus, where you can actually say, 1 John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world and believe it. When you believe that, you're not going to second guess yourself. When you, when you believe that, when you get to the point where you see yourself and you are empowered and emboldened by Christ Jesus himself, you do not allow others to convince you otherwise. See, other people are going to question you, but you can't question yourself. You got to get to the point where you are so convinced about the hand of God on your life, so convinced that you are the man, the woman that God called you to be for such a time as this, that you believe what God believes about you, even when others do not. See, and but to get to this point, I've made this point many times. I'm going to say it again. To get to this point, you have to know God through experiences. You, you just can't know God in a book. You just, if all you know about God is what you have on Sunday, right? If all you know about God is what you have on Wednesday night, if all you know about God is hymns and songs and choir rehearsal, then you don't know God. And you, I mean, so you're not ready like for real life because you are going to face some stuff in real life that unless you have some real experiences with God, you have to go from the classroom setting. Bible study is good, but then you got to get some hands-on experience. You have to go do this thing, right? David's experiences with God was what empowered him, what emboldened him. He, he, 
David was 17 years old. He stood in front of a king and said, Mr. King, you don't even know who I am. It's like, hold on for a minute. You got me messed up. Let me tell you something. You don't even know who I am, Mr. King. I know you're looking at me, but you don't know what I've been through. And so I don't look like what I've been through, but I've been through some stuff. And so, so let me tell you something. He had so much confidence that the king put the weight of the entire, the fate of the nation of Israel, he put it in the hands of a teenager. Why? Because this teenager had that much confidence. My point is that you got to get to the, the point where you have experienced God enough to where you believe what God believes about you. You believe that the hand of God, the grace of God is on your life and you will believe it even when others do not. And you are unmoved, unfazed, and even unbothered by their opinion. You got it? See, God calls you to greatness. That's why I keep telling you that greater is coming for you. Greater is coming for you. God calls you to greatness. But in order for this greatness to manifest, there will be critical moments. What I'm saying right now, look at me, lean in. There will be critical moments in your life. Think, let's say this is where you are right now, and this is where God has called you to be. And, and so in, in the path of your life, as you're living out the path of your life's journey, there will be critical moments where in those moments, God requires faith of you. Now, the grace of God has already been released, but for you to access the grace, you need faith. Your faith receives what God's grace has provided, right? And so in this moment, David used his faith to tap into God's grace and he killed the giant. What I'm saying is there will be moments, critical moments where God requires faith of you. In those moments, if you don't release the faith, if you don't have faith, you won't tap into the grace of God and you run the risk of missing out on what God has already provided. You run the risk of missing out on God's best. You run the risk of getting to heaven only to realize that your life could have been completely different if you had faith. That's why the Bible says when Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for faith. God is looking for faith from you. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, problems you are called to fix will bother you in ways that do not upset other people. All right, so let me let me talk about this for a minute. When you are called of God to do something, he has a way of propelling you into your destiny. So David thought that he was just running an errand for his father. Hey, come here, David. Yes, sir. Hey, can you take some lunch to your brothers? Sure. Yes, sir. Where are they at? They're on the front lines, the Valley of Elah. Okay. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, take some food to the, their commander as well. Okay. Yes, sir. He takes food. He thinks he's running an errand for his father the day that his life changed forever. This day, he would be propelled into the national spotlight because he was propelled into his destiny by the hand of God. This was a divine appointment. Now, what happens is, let me explain what happened. He got out there and something bothered him that wasn't bothering other people because he was anointed to fix it. Goliath taunted Saul and the Israelite army for 40 days. He did this twice a day. So 80 times he came out there talking smack, 80 times, 40 days. He was talking smack and they did nothing to stop him. They did nothing to shut his mouth, nothing. But David heard it one time. Let me say this again. You have a whole army of people who heard it 80 times and they did nothing. David heard it one time. Why? Because he was anointed to fix the problem. See, when you are anointed by God to address something, the problem that you hear, that you see will irritate you in ways that it just doesn't seem to trouble other people. You will see the problem and be so bothered by it that you will not have peace until you address it. See, the reason why 
You're experiencing this is because you are anointed by God to address it in ways that other people simply are not. So there there are problems in this world that you, look at me, I don't know if you know this, but I want you to know this. There are problems in this world that you were born to address. There are problems in this world that you are predisposed to. You are predisposed to stuff in ways that others are not. That like there are things that you are just wired for. There are things that when you see it, it irritates you and other and you're looking around like, why doesn't it bother them? Because they're not called to address it. You are called to address it. You are called for such a time as this. When David came up across Goliath and he heard what Goliath said and he saw what Goliath was doing, man, it irritated. It rose up something on the inside of him and he had to do something about it. There would be some things that God just Boom, it's like an explosion, a Holy Ghost explosion will go off in your heart and you have to do something about it because you are called to do something about it for such a time as this. Number three, and finally, I only have three things. Number one, I mean, uh, last point is having altars of remembrance will help you. Having altars of remembrance of the past will help you in your present. Now, this is a point that I've made many times, but it's worth repeating. The, the reason why David was emboldened is because he had some altars in his life. Let me explain. In biblical times, an altar was a place of worship. It was a place of sacrifice, but it was also a physical place of remembrance. So followers of God, what they did was they established altars to remind themselves and also future generations of what God had done. When they cross over uh, the river or they cross over, they go, you know what? Uh, let's let's make sure that we never forget what God just did. Let's establish an altar. And, the, and, and that altar is going to remind us and also remind generations to come of what God did in this moment, what God did in that moment, what God did in that moment. Now, in present time, 2020, maybe you're not establishing altars of stone in your backyard, but you ought to establish altars in your heart, altars of remembrance. And so what, what you do is you, you experience God in such a mighty way that you don't want to forget that. You go, you know what? Like for me, I have many altars of remembrance. And so there are many times where I have to go back and remind myself of what God did in the past to encourage myself in the present. David was fearless when it came to the giant. Why? Because he remembered the lion. Why? Because he remembered the bear. The same God who delivered him from the mouth of the lion and the claws of the bear was going to deliver him from the uncircumcised Philistine. I'm saying that you should never forget what God has done for you. A simple memory of the past can encourage you in the present. And there will be times, let me tell you, there will be times, walk with God long enough. And there will be times where you have to encourage yourself. David, there's a moment where David had to encourage himself in the Lord. There will be moments in your life. I'm being honest with you. Yes, God has called us to have a great cloud of witnesses. Yes, you you are a member of a great church and you got people that are praying for you, encouraging you, building you up, all of that. I got you. Cool. But there will be moments where none of those people are around. There will be moments where you feel like you're by yourself. There will be moments where you have to encourage yourself in the Lord, your God. There will be moments where you where you, you don't have nobody but you and God. And in those moments, you got to remember what God did. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Oh, God. Hold on. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I remember. Oh, yes, Lord. Hey, glory. I remember this. I remember. Oh, glory. Thank you. I remember. Yes, yes, I remember that. And all of a sudden, when you, I feel the presence of the Lord, even as as I'm saying that. And when you come out of that moment, when you remind yourself of what God has done in the past, and you get emboldened in the present, when you remind yourself and, and you go back 
to your present day and you come out of that moment. It's almost like you come out of a trance and you come out of that moment when you go back to the situation that you're facing. All of a sudden, it doesn't look that big. All of a sudden, it doesn't look that big. Why? Because you reminded yourself of the hand of God, the grace of God, the anointing of God that's on your life. You encouraged yourself in the Lord, your God. I'm telling you that greater is coming for you, but it's not going to be easy. The greater the assignment, the greater the attack, there will be moments in your life where you have to encourage yourself. So establish some altars, maybe not physical altars, but altars in your heart. Say amen to that. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I trust that this message has blessed you. I want you to lift up your voice and speak something over your life. Say this, say, Father, you have called me for such a time as this. This is my season. It's my time. It's my turn. You have anointed me to address certain things in this world and address them I must. Things bother me (laughs) that just don't seem to bother other people because they're not called to address it. I am. So I embrace your grace to walk in my calling. I will not allow fear to get a hold of my heart. I remember what you did in the past and it emboldens me for my present. I launch out into this day ready to slay any giant that stands in front of me. I've got this. (laughs) I believe what you believe about me, which is why I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up, put in your email address, click on the subscribe button, and you're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I trust that this message encouraged you. If you need some encouragement later today, listen to it again. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. Send it to your girlfriend. Share the word. Let's get people encouraged and inspired. Believe in yourself, but not you, the God in you. Leave me some comments in the chat. Share this message, and I will see you tomorrow morning. Have an amazing day. God bless you.